the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com on ye old app, which you can download free from WFIL.com. It's a Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for listening in. Kind of cloudy this afternoon. Good chunk of the day. A little rain happening. Down to 42 tonight. Cloudy, very windy, and rainy tomorrow. First part of the day. 46 the high tomorrow. So quite a bit chillier tomorrow than today. Sixers lost 104.95 to Denver last night. March Madness, Gonzaga and UCLA both winning. So we're down to the final four. Gonzaga, UCLA, Baylor, and Houston. Which means I've officially been eliminated from the little pool that I'm in with my two sons. That happened last night when Michigan got upset by UCLA. So each of my sons has two teams left, and one of the two will be the champ. Flyers and Buffalo play 7.30 tonight, and the Phillies open their season at home tomorrow afternoon, 3.05, on a Zoom call with Phillies manager Joe Girardi earlier this morning as he gets ready for opening day. How's Joe feeling? I've been through a number of opening days and they're always exciting. There's always butterflies. Um, You really look forward to it, but I don't know. I I feel like this one is different. You know, it's, you know, your first one is different as a player. Your first one is a manager, but I feel like this one is different because we didn't have fans last year. It just has a completely different feeling and I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I'm really looking as, as the season progresses, we're allowed more and more fans and it really gets back to normal. I think when you see people come through the turnstiles and in the seats tomorrow, it's just going to feel like we're getting our lives back somewhat. And um, I'm actually really looking forward to it. To see fans in spring training was really, really nice. And not to have pumped in crowd noise and all of that. It, it was just, it felt like we were alive again, right? I mean, it just felt like it was baseball. And I, and I can't wait till tomorrow. Phillies manager Joe Girardi. Everyone starts the season zero and zero. Victoria, how are you doing this fine afternoon? Doing well. Happy doing well. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, happy Wednesday. Yeah. Halfway through the week. Thought of you earlier this afternoon when I'm sitting at my desk working on the show because Mr. Softy made his way down our driveway again today. I didn't hear it again. <laughs> it's Wait definitely me. not a nice ice cream day. It's a little bit uh, rainy out. Tomorrow yeah. And tomorrow, for sure, it won't be. Yeah. He only stayed around this time for about 15 seconds, unlike yesterday. Where you know why? I was ready to go slug him. Because what? tomorrow's the first day of April. We were all excited for spring the past week and a half, and now it'll be like an April Fool's. Ah, so it's some kind of a bad joke. That he's... Maybe. We got some nice sunny weather, and then the first day of April comes around, it's going to be rainy and cold. So April Fool's. Yeah. yeah. It snowed on April 1st uh, some years ago. I actually have a picture of uh... <laughs> Did it really? 
Yeah. Well, and the irony of it was we were throwing out, we had gotten a live tree that year, but missed the deadline to put it to the curb, which was like first week of January. Uh-oh. So we had to keep it until they did the spring, you know, put your green can out kind of thing for yard waste. And so the very first day we were allowed to do that again was April 1st. So we have this, I took a short video of it. There's a, 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 you know, kind of dried up, very dried up tree, all brown, standing up in the can, and it's snowing. <laughs> it was April 1st. So like, go figure. So it's just funny. It's like officially the month of spring, but the first day of that month is about to be chilly and kind of cold. So yeah. Ironic. Yeah. This, April is an, an iffy month, and with the kids playing sports and softball and baseball, you never really know. We have practice. We not have practice. Eventually, you kind of pull out of that and get into May. It gets a little bit better. Weather warms up more consistently. But uh, for now, we'll take it. It's supposed to get back a little in the 50s and 60s later on. But I think we have a couple of days where it's going to be a little chillier. Uh, before I forget, though, today being the last day of March, every month we feature a different ministry. And this time around, it's new kid on the block, uh, Alan Jackson Ministries, which is 6 a.m. each weekday. We've had them on since around December and Alan Jackson actually joined us on the program the 9th of February. We'll get the full program and podcast that. That's on our homepage, WFIL.com. But just to give you a quick snippet, um, and the point here is before midnight tonight, there is a free book waiting for you at WFIL.com. Each and every listener, welcome to it. It's called God Bless America. Again, a prophetic perspective. It's courtesy of Alan Jackson Ministries, which, again, you can catch every weekday at 6 a.m., asked Alan uh, Jackson, Pastor Jackson, when he was on the program about inspiration for that book, God Bless America Again. The idea is pretty simple. A casual read of American history, and it's unmistakable that there have been multiple times when the Spirit of God has moved across our nation. The First Great Awakening, you know, principally in New England, and it really prepared the, the mindset and the hearts of the people and the character formation that allowed the Declaration of Independence to emerge. The Second Great Awakening in the first part of the 19th century really did something similar to give us the strength of will to be able to step into the Civil War and see slavery abolished. But on multiple occasions, the Spirit of God has moved in our nation, not because we wanted religious fervency, but because we had drifted away from our centered focus on the goodness and grace of God. And it gives me hope for the season we're in, because we need a recentering. We need our compass again, to be directed towards a biblical worldview. But God has done it multiple times in our national history, not just in our biblical history, but in our national history. It's Alan Jackson. Again, the full podcast, that program on the uh, February 9th podcast list at WFIL.com. So download a free copy. Each and every listener, welcome to do that before midnight tonight. When you do that, you actually qualify for another prize called Intentional Faith, Aligning Your Life with the Heart of God. There's 100 Days of intentional faith journal that goes with that and you might even get a grand prize while i'm at it uh, high fives and congratulations and pats in the back and pokes in the eye for kelly in southampton Catherine in milford new jersey uh, julia of burlington new jersey Allie in flemington new jersey barbara in richboro glenn in westchester bonnie in quakertown lynn in pottstown andrea in hatfield M- uh, michael in drexel hill arnita deborah and denise in philadelphia and a number of others who have all been winners thus far this month so I mentioned that to say hello to everyone and to let you know you can join those folks. But even if you don't win the prize, you still get the free book, God Bless America, again. So help yourself to that before midnight tonight at WFIL.com. Very easy to do. We're really looking forward to today's program as we uh, have Holy Week unfolding. 
we uh, often you'll see there are different films that come out and different releases and projects kind of uh, revolving around uh, the uh, crucifixion, the resurrection, perhaps also simply uh, films that have to do with faith and growth in God and knowing him and all of those things. So today we actually have not one, but two folks who are part of a movie coming out this Friday in theaters. The film, you may have seen advertisements for this, is called The Girl Who Believed in Miracles. Our family watched a little screener of it. And um, so today, Peter Coyote, who is uh, an actor and voiceover artist, he was, I think, in E.T., and he's been in a bunch of other things. He'll be joining us shortly. And then a little later in the hour, actress Mira Sorvino is going to join us. She's also in the film. She's the mom. Uh, Bonnie, I believe is her name in the film. You want to look up the film, it's simply thegirlwhobelievesinmiracles.com. So both those folks will be joining us to talk about their role in the film, their thoughts on the film. Looking forward to that a lot. And we'll do some more uh, wonderful things, I'm sure, as the program unfolds. But we're looking forward to having those folks in the way. A couple, uh, I'll come up in just a little bit. Uh, On the way, I should say. Not in the way. Definitely not in the way. Uh, A couple of songs we'll mix into some new music I want to feature for you this hour. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Thank you for listening in today. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Round in the corner. AM560, WFL.com on the app. The new song from Toby Mac is called Help is on the Way, Maybe Midnight. Fantastic video for that. Check it out if you can. Uh, he has the Hits Deep 2021 tour coming to Lycans, Pennsylvania on May 6th. Hoping to get out to see that. It's the uh, drive-in theater tour. Toby lost his, uh, his wife lost his son about a year and a half ago, and it's been a hard time, very, very hard time since then. Uh, but his, the song is birthed out of that. There's a lot of faith, a lot of uh, pulsating hope, if you want to call it that. And um, I encourage you, no matter what circumstance you're going through, to, to listen to that song, to watch that video. It will uh, encourage you, really will. We are possibly going to have Toby on the program sometime in the next month. Uh, he's basically has you know, been it's been a real hard season, so I, I actually didn't even ask about having him on uh, until I saw that video um, recently. Then I just put a quick note in to his manager, and um, so there may be something happening. But I want to respect his space, and it's still in a, in a grieving spot. And I'm sure anyone who has lost a son knows what that's like. Um, so anyhow, we may have Toby on and we'll kind of give him the floor, let him speak to what he would like to speak to. Certainly the concert, May 6th. Uh, you can find out more online. Just Google you know, Toby Mack and the Hits Deep 2021 tour. You can find out about that. Also, uh, just you know, help us on the way reminds me. We have been working with Save the Children for a while now. I just want to encourage you. We'll be doing this for maybe another few days. And then we're going to kind of shift our focus to other things as the days roll along here. Every now and again... If you've listened to the station any length of time, you know we'll team up with a different ministry every once in a while to help bring support, different parts of the world. This time around, it's an organization called Save the Children. We have worked with them before, and they, uh, you know, they, in this case, and they do they work in like over 100 countries, but the one area we're focused on with Save the Children for this little point in time is to help rescue children suffering from severe acute malnutrition, which is a really practical opportunity. Uh, there's this basic little food called Plumpy Nut. It has a lot of nutrition in it. It's like a peanut-based food. Also has some minerals in it, some medication that in a relatively short time can help uh, a child who's on the brink of, of starvation and, and dying 
you know, kind of put the plug in that and stop that where it's at and then help the child turn around and get on the path to wellness. Take some time, but the uh, the math they've done on this is around a $60 contribution can help that happen for one child. And so um, if you want to help out, you can, whether it's a $60 number, whether it's 5 or $10 just to put something toward it, which is great too, or there are folks who have done you know, quite a bit more, whether it's tied to their stimulus money that's come in they don't necessarily have to have or need right now or something else. It's always good to tie it into something practical, too. Perhaps I know when Scott Wilder would say the children joined us, he talked about, hey, uh, maybe have several children. Maybe do three because you have three children. Whatever it is, the number is 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836, or right on our site, WFIL.com. There's a Save the Children banner. A lot of folks have helped out. Thank you to all those who have done so. Uh, just a couple clips for you, and then we're going to have a conversation with Peter Coyote from the upcoming movie, The Girl Who Believed in Miracles. Uh, but Scott was on the program and talked about this this plumping nut I'm talking about. It's about the size. You put, it's a little foil pack about the size of your hand. Maybe think of it like salad dressing from Chick-fil-A or something like that. Yeah. Uh, where you just crack off the corner, you know, to rip off the corner. And you actually squeeze this into the mouth of a child. And I, I will just call it uh, what they call it. It is a miracle food. It is food that is medicine. It is medicine that is food. These are not uh, children that could even ingest or digest regular food. They are beyond the pale. They uh, are right, really, truly on the brink of death. And uh, But they can ingest and digest this plumpy nut and uh, a week's worth, a week and a half's worth uh, can certainly bring them back from the brink of death. And the good news is it doesn't need to be refrigerated, which means we can send it with mom back to the village uh, after we stabilize the, the baby and then uh, make sure that she knows exactly how to administer it and all that and then send her right back to the village. And it's just it's just really is a, a miracle. All right. So that's Scott Wilder from Save the Children. Consider this, too. He was on the program early March. So it's been close to a month, maybe three, three and a half weeks since Scott was on with us. And one of the things we talked about also during our conversation was the following in terms of folks who are hearing about it and, and thinking about giving, uh, but maybe you know, have not yet. Here's what he had to say. For me, at least, if I put off doing something like this, uh, if I delay, I'll get distracted. And I think that's perfect. The devil loves that. The devil absolutely loves. Because he might say, yeah, you know, it's a great idea. Do it later. And then maybe I'll just get distracted. And that's exactly what he wants. He wants me to miss the blessing. Um, and I would also say, this is not about what your money does. This is about what we feel is our obligation to respond because we have been blessed. This is more about us. Yes, the problem is huge. Uh, but you can save the life of one child or two or five. Maybe you count up your kids or your grandkids and say, that's how many I'm going to save today. I'm going to give enough to save that many with plumpy nut and the medication necessary. So that's Scott Wilder from Save the Children. And I mentioned that in a gentle way. Think about if you've been listening to WFIL in the month of March, you've probably heard about Save the Children how many times? If, you've li if you're listening kind of, you know, often enough, yeah, maybe a dozen, a couple dozen, four or five dozen, if you've heard the little commercials that play around the clock and also Scott being on the show. If you haven't helped out yet, to Scott's point, you probably heard and thought, well, that, you know, someone should do that or maybe I'll do that or whatever. But 
And that's okay. If you don't, that's okay. But I just bring this up because we're about to wrap up that whole kind of partnership with Save the Children for now. I guess we'll do it again sometime in the future. I don't know for sure, but maybe we will. But maybe we won't. So there are worse things you could do, if I put it that way. You can really, um, you know, don't don't overthink it. Give a call if you're willing, 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836. And then um, you'll go from there. And uh, or you can go to WDFL.com and help out. So just want to mention that as we're coming down the home stretch in that partnership, just to put that out there again and encourage you to consider helping out with whatever you can do. It's part of the fabric of the radio station. It's what we do. And so uh, thank you for your consideration for listening in uh, because it's, it's, you know, it's, we do the music, we do the contest, we do the interviews, all those things. And we want to help save lives too. When it's all said and done, I, 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 uh, I'd love to look back and say, you know, God used uh, our program and our station to help uh, save children's lives. So, speaking of which. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It is 426 on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thank you for listening in. There's a movie coming out this Friday in theaters called The Girl Who Believed in Miracles. And today we actually have a couple of special guests joining us. Actress Mira Sorvino will join us in uh, 20, 25 minutes, something like that. About 20 minutes, perhaps. Uh, But first, also in the film, Peter Coyote, actor, voiceover artist, and co-star of the film. Thank you for hanging out with us a little bit today, sir. You're more than welcome. Uh, My wife and I... And two of our daughters took time and watched an advanced screener of The Girl Who Believed in Miracles. And uh, I want to share our thoughts with you in a minute. But first, let me start with you. If you wouldn't mind, just for folks listening in, if you could give a brief overview what it's about and, and share about your character specifically. Sure. Well, it's a story about uh, just a kind of normal Midwestern or Western family, just ordinary people. And suddenly they're their daughter is struck struck dead. And uh, uh, I play a kind of cranky, agnostic grandfather. She's my favorite. And uh, the family gets involved in a, in a miracle that uh, turns me around. And uh, it's, a, it's a Christian-themed film, but I, I don't find it overly heavy. I'm a Zen Buddhist priest. <laughs> I love this little story. And uh, uh, it, it's got a way of just reminding people that uh, faith is something we need, whether it's faith in doctors or faith in science or, you know, faith in your family. It, you don't have to have a particular religion to need it. And as far as your character goes, it's interesting. Early on, Sarah, your granddaughter, going from at the beginning of the film to the end, she's a different person in a lot of ways. Um, one of the yes, com- that's right. Yeah, and one, and one of the comments you make early on in the soccer game, I think you say something to the effect of maybe God had something in mind bigger than winning the game, as part of the storyline there. Which is also it's a really it, that's really true. It's easy for someone to say I didn't get what I wanted when I prayed, and, and therefore God is this or something. But um, but that was like a, a, a gentle guiding from you to your your granddaughter uh, to help help her understand that that maybe there is something bigger going on than just. The, right, the thing right in front of you. Right, and that I didn't exactly know what it was, but I was okay with it. Yeah. I think that's exactly a definition of faith, isn't it? Well, and you know, so I'll paint a picture for you. My, my, uh, 
wife was on the couch with me last night. Our 17-year-old daughter and our 10-year-old daughter were among those there. And um, after it was over, I asked my uh, 10-year-old, what did you think? And she said, I thought it was beautiful. And then I asked my 17-year-old, and she said, I thought it was sad. And then I asked my wife, and she said, I thought, you know, God is near. And I said to them, you know what? Those are the three things that went through. All three of those things went through my mind as I watched the film. All of us shed tears. And um, we have a daughter who's disabled who's 15, and she was in bed already. And my two daughters and my son left the film at the end and went up to her and prayed for her, cried over her. And I think rededicated themselves to wanting to love her even more because she's super disabled. She can't do anything for us, so to speak, but she really has changes. <laughs> so I just wanted you to know how that was in our, played out in our household last night. Well, I mean, it sounds like uh, disabled or not, what she's done for you has opened your family's hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Did you find that working on The Girl Who Believes in Miracles you know, affected you in any way, any particular way? And you work on so many different things. Uh, you know, sometimes it's probably just doing the work you know, itself. I or? did. There, there were a couple of things that were quite miraculous. Okay. One is that the producer is a guy named Larry Jaffe, who is 98 years old. No way. And this is the first movie he's ever made. And he's going to live to see it open April 2nd in time for Easter. Wow. So there's a miracle right there. I mean, so many people have an idea, let's make a movie. And they just fall by the wayside. And here this 98-year-old guy got it together and did it. And then the other miracle was how cohesive the cast was, what a good feeling from the director on down. The kids were just splendid. They had these really complicated hand games that they would play with each other, and they would try to teach me like a you know clumsy oaf that I am. <laughs> and we just played and teased each other and wiled away the time and, it was it was just a gas from beginning to end. I love that. That's great. That's a great and that the fact that he's ninety eight. It's just not always like that. Is all I'll say. Okay. Well, right. I believe it. Um, Actor Peter Coyote on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. He's co-star of the film The Girl Who Believed in Miracles, which comes out in theaters this Friday. Uh, in addition to the work you've done in film, I know you've done a lot of other things, including voiceover work and narration. What goes into the the prep? to do narration well? Well, you know, I think the, what I always tell people is don't rehearse too much, don't practice too much, just read the lines and let them work on you. And the first time you read them, you'll get the strongest impressions and the strongest uh, feelings, and they'll just adjust your voice automatically. Anytime you start pushing for an effect, you're kind of taking the emotion away from the audience. My job is to let the audience feel. Hmm. So in narrations, I try to be pretty much neutral, but present and warm and just really engaged with the, with what's on the page. Something else I believe is near and dear to you. I was just reading up on some, some of your background and something called Project Coyote. Is that something you're still involved with? Project Coyote? Yes, yeah. it is. I'm an advisor to Project Coyote. They, we, we do a lot of work to stop, um, like, sport killing contests, you know, where they kill two, three hundred coyotes in a weekend for a belt buckle. Hmm. You know, these are God's creatures. He made them for a reason, and he didn't make them there just to be sport for, for hunters. 
and uh, so these 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 animals got a place. A coyote eats two thousand mice a year, so you can decide whether you want one coyote or whether you want two thousand mice. And uh, I find that people need this education, and um, it's part of like learning to live in the world that God gave us. Yeah, that's great. Peter, it's, it's uh, really nice to make your acquaintance. Uh, and, and again, thank you for the work that you did in The Girl Who Believes in Mir- Believed in Miracles coming out this weekend. It really was a, a help to our family. I think it really, it threaded a needle where it touched on, I, I would guess I would just say it this way, it touched on you know things that matter for sure, uh, matters of faith and God and, and all of those things, but um, in a way that wasn't hallmarky, if I can say it that way, but with a lot of truth. Yes, well, that's the way I felt, too. It, I, I described it as not putting a foot in the small of your back. Hmm. Yeah. It didn't push you to see things a certain way. It left space for you to be any one of those characters. Yeah, yeah. And through the eyes of Sarah, I think there was beauty. I think that's why my 10-year-old said she thought the film was beautiful because she is 10. I don't know how old Sarah is supposed to be officially, but seems kind of in that realm. And uh, our 10-year-old, whether it was the dog or the soccer or playing video games, uh, our teenagers and, you know, our kids really resonated with it, too. It just it hit everybody at a different level. So, um, so well done. Well, you might just mention that the girl who believed in miracles.com is the website, and there's a nice trailer for the film there. Very good. Thank you so much again for your time. Have a great rest of your day, sir. You're more than welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peter Coyote, actor, also voiceover artist, co-star of the film The Girl Who Believed in Miracles, which comes out this Friday. Another one of the stars in the film, Mira Sorvino, actress uh, from a lot of other films, uh, is going to be joining us in just a little bit here. We have a quick break to take. We'll get ready for Mira's conversation, get her take on things. A couple thoughts also about what Peter uh, shared during our, our chat, which I'll mention to you too as we keep our program rolling here. It's Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 437 on the Tim DeMoss Show, going down to 42 tonight, cloudy, kind of rainy, kind of windy tomorrow for a while and still rainy for a while, a high of just 46 after a high of 67 today. Sixers lost 104.95 to Denver last night. March Madness continues. Gonzaga and UCLA both winning last night. They'll join Baylor and Houston in the Final Four. Flyers at Buffalo at 7.30 tonight. And the Phillies open their season at home tomorrow afternoon at 3.05. Phillies manager Joe Girardi on a Zoom call earlier today about the prospects of opening day. I've been through a number of opening days. And they're always exciting. There's always butterflies. Um, you really look forward to it. But I don't know. I, I feel like this one is different. You know, it's, you know, your first one is different as a player. Your first one is a manager. But I feel like this one is different because we didn't have fans last year. It just has a completely different feeling. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I'm really looking as, as the season progresses, we're allowed more and more fans. And it really gets back to normal. I think when you see people come through the turnstiles and in the seats tomorrow, it's just going to feel like we're getting our lives back somewhat. And um, I'm actually really looking forward to it. To see fans in spring training was really, really nice. And not to have pumped in crowd noise and all of that. It, it was just, it felt like 
we were alive again, right? I mean, it just felt like it was baseball, and I and I can't wait till tomorrow. Phillies manager Joe Girardi, of course, the forecast for tomorrow not supposed to be so good on the chilly side and kind of rainy. What does he feel about that? Well, I I think it affects everybody, and I and I think you were if you were to ask ball players what they hate more than anything, it's probably wind when it's cold. It can be forty degrees and sunny, and players are like, oh, this isn't bad, right? Because they're moving around, but that wind makes it tough, but. You know, for trying to get your feel on the pitchers can be difficult. But the thing about it is, this isn't the first time Aaron's went through this. I mean, he's been through this. He knows how to prepare for this. So could it affect him? Yeah, it could affect everybody. It could, you know, anyone who's playing tomorrow could affect. But I think the guys will, will grind through it and they'll be just fine. Billy's manager, Joe Girardi, including on starting pitcher Aaron Nola. And how about the Braves, who are their first opponent for 2021? They're a really good team. And we know that. And we have to prove that, you know, we do match up against them and the rest of the division on a daily basis. I like our club. I think there's a lot of talent on this club. And, you know, you can talk about talent. You can talk about what guys are able to do. But the great thing is, you you know, you have to prove it on the field. And I think our guys are looking forward to that challenge. On a Zoom call with Phillies uh, manager Joe Girardi earlier today, also on one, I guess it was yesterday, with the president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski. And as he enters the season, as Joe Girardi just talked about, what does he see? He's the one putting this whole team together. Well, we're in a strong division, no question about it. But we're trying to win the division. That's what we're trying to do, make the playoffs and win the division. That's what our goal is at this time. Now, again, I don't think we're going to – we are not going to mortgage our future, trade our top number one draft choices for a guy for one year at this time. Now, if we get to July and we're five games in front and you need to be in a position where you need to add some – we can have further discussions on those type of moves. But we're in a position where right now, you know, I think we can compete. You look at our everyday lineup, it's really good. Our starting rotation, it's – I mean, I read articles all the time. It's like uh, Zach Eflin, like he doesn't even exist in national publications. I really, we really like them a whole bundle. I mean, it's not just for us, Nolan Wheeler. I mean, Eflin's very good. And I think as Warren Fies and Warren Anderson have a good chance to help us. Our bullpen, we think it's improved. We hope it's improved. They have to go out and do that. And if all those things click, I do think we'll score runs and we have a chance to compete at that point. Phillies president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski, and closing out our little Phillies segment, especially as we get ready for opening day tomorrow. How does he feel about working with Joe Girardi as the manager? Well, enjoyed it a great deal. I like Joe a lot. He's a good person. He's he's not only a good person, but a very good baseball man. He's got a pulse of the total situation. He's a good communicator. He works with his staff well. He has a good pulse of the players. And it's still hard with the COVID. You just can't walk in the clubhouse and kind of, walk around and put your arms around people. That's not allowed. But I really like him. He's on top of things. He's aware of what's taking place. He's open to conversations about just our team. Uh, He's not a guy that says, oh, I'm 100% correct with this. He's willing to listen to what other people have to say. And yet he's strong enough to express his opinion. So um, I like working with him a great deal. I look forward to it. Indeed. We're less than 24 hours away from opening day. That'll be lovely. Baseball's my favorite sport. Victoria, what's your favorite sport? Would you say it's baseball? or Tim. What? I don't know what I've told you before. No, I'm kidding. Listen. Baseball is 100% my favorite sport. It's always been my favorite. Why? Just the ambiance when you go to the ballpark. And, and truthfully, not to get too in-depth, I actually enjoy watching the individual battles between the hitter and the pitcher. And some people do say the game's slow for them, but I love it. I'm with my you. My number one sport. 
Football is a close second. Baseball is number one. I'm with you. I like the fact that baseball can be a short game or a long, or a long. game. Yeah, it's exactly. unpredictable that way. So, nice. very good. Well, tomorrow afternoon, first pitch, three oh five, Phils and Braves. We have a brief break to take. We'll come back with Mira Sorvino, who's an actress in the film. Uh, it's coming out this Friday. The girl who believed in miracles. We'll uh, get her take on the film and wrap up with some comments as well. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 446 on the Tim DeMoss Show this Friday. The Girl Who Believes in Miracles appears in theaters. The Girl Who Believes in Miracles.com is where you can find out more. And joining us to talk about it, she's in the film. Actress Mira Sorvino. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for taking time to chat today. Share for a minute, if you would, about just the general overview of the girl who believes in miracles and specifically your character, Bonnie Hopkins, maybe even through your character's perspective. Okay. Um, I play the mother of a young girl, um, Sarah, who is played by this wonderful actress, Austin Johnson, and my daughter um, starts having visions of God and talking to God directly and believing that he is answering her prayers directly, uh, specifically uh, bringing a bird, seemingly dead bird, back to life, and then people start being healed through my daughter, like people who have you know, conditions that they should never walk again or blindness or, you know, faith healing starts happening through my daughter. And I'm kind of nonplussed. Like, I have faith, but I don't believe faith works that directly in the story. Yeah. You know, she, she sort of, uh, I, my, my character Bonnie doesn't, doesn't necessarily believe that these things are really happening or that my daughter is, is kind of imagining them or embellishing them. And then we get hit with this whammy that she has a brain tumor. And as a mom, you know, who's acting with a girl who looks a lot like my real daughter in real life uh, and reminds me of her, it was just so hard to take. Like those scenes of a mom worrying that she's going to lose her daughter to this um, terrible medical condition were just gut-wrenching. They were just awful. Um, and I was so happy when those scenes were over. But the overall movie is positive. I don't want to scare people away. It is very much like a, an Easter movie with a kind of a risen feeling to it. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as things get worse, there are sort of two factions in the story. There's I and my husband who are trying to keep our daughter safe at the hospital and Peter Coyote, who's her grandfather, who's trying to honor what he believes might be her last wish to go back to the lake where she first saw God, or Jesus, um, you know, across the lake. And they, they, they kind of, they kidnap her. And, well, she wants to go, but they, they whisk her away from the hospital, and all of these people are part of this journey to try and bring her back to this place where she, where she originally had this divine vision. Yeah. And I, of course, am freaked out and think, you know, they're endangering her and, and it's, it's, it's very powerful, and I'm not going to give away the conclusion of the story, but um, sure. it's a beautiful movie. It's really beautiful, really moving, and I think quite relatable. Like, I think human beings, you know, have this hunger for a direct connection to God, and I think that our paths are clouded by, by all the doubt that gets, gets 
built up over our life experiences. You know, there's a lot of bad things that happen in life. Life is hard. So it takes the faith and openness of a child to, to really open her heart to, to have that full communion with God. And this story kind of brings us back to that and to that hopefulness. Um, and I do think it's very beautiful. It's interesting you use the word beautiful. I watched the film with our 10-year-old daughter and our 17-year-old daughter and my wife. And uh, we also have a daughter who's disabled, who is in bed at the time, who's 15. And after it was over, I said to each of them, like, say one word to describe the film. And our 10-year-old said the word beautiful. And then our 17-year-old said the word sad. And my wife said the phrase, God is near. And I said, you know... All three of those things course through my mind over the course of, of watching uh, The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. And all four of us had tears at one point or another. I think even our dog Moose had some tears. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but I think you speak it so well when you say, I think that the beauty of a child without all that baggage and without ego, because even as things are going, right, Sarah doesn't be, be, get full of herself. She just is available to God and is listening and doesn't concern herself necessarily with how it's going to play out because there are even some loose ends in the film, right? So it's kind of, but it really mirrors life very well, threads that needle very well. Yes. Yes, it, it really does. Um, yeah, and it, it, I, I love the way she plays it. I love Austin's just direct, simple, you know, unclouded, like, unshakable, like, faith. You know, and everyone else, even the pastor is like, well, but, you know, I, I don't talk directly to God. Well, he doesn't answer me directly. And she's like, he doesn't? <laughs> um, That's right. But, uh, but I think it is a kind of a universal story. Um, you know, obviously it's a faith-based movie. And, you know, we're, we are here, you know, like, if you don't like faith-based movies, then, you know, this is probably not your movie. Although I think even this one might, like, might melt the hearts of people who thought they didn't like <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, but I've talked to people who aren't even Christian who, who really got something out of the movie because I think it is part of the human condition to want to be connected to your maker, to be oh, yeah. connected to the divine. Yeah. So if there's a space in your heart where there's a possibility of God, I think this movie will, will, will be sort of uh, lightning boltish. You know, there's just something very beautiful and wonderful about it. Um, but I don't think you have to be Christian to appreciate, although I think Christian people will really appreciate it because it really does sort of follow, yeah. follow Christ's path in a way. Yeah, it yeah. Is, it is about going away the stone and, and, and seeing the light. Our station actually is a Christian station, Mira, and our, and our family is too, and it, we came away feeling like, you know what, it really touched on a lot of things without making it, like, even what does Jesus look like? or Like, it, it, it managed to touch on those things without making it about those things. And so that's because there really is a, a sense of mystery to what does Jesus look like, what, you know, and all of that. But it wasn't, it really kept the main thing the main thing about, you know, God is near, life is hard, uh, put your faith in him, and, and, you know, it may take some time and support each other along the way. Like, it all, it, I really felt like the, the, the balance was, was done very well so that, it didn't get into all of the, all of the questions. You came away with hope rather than like extra questions. It really, I think, brought people to a good place. And to your point, I think it's great that those who may not be Christians might might watch it and then take that next step. Maybe and let me look into this more. Talk to somebody else who might help me, you know, in my in my path. So uh, yeah, I'm glad that you yeah, thought that yeah, too. I right? like it. It's not preachy in terms of even though it starts with a sermon. In a way, you're looking into the audience and the conversation. 
know, the adults are a little bit zoned out, and only Austin is like listening. <laughs> right. And, and uh, it's not telling you, oh, you need to belong to this church, or you need to do this to belong. You, you need to follow this, this, you know, set of rights. Or, you know, it's yeah. not about that. It's literally about the one-to-one communication with God. You know, it's, it's about your heart. And, and I think that is, is really good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't sure. think there's a judginess to it or, a, a, you know, Not a, at all. an exclusiveness to it. It's, it's for every, every human, you know? Did working on... Even every animal. It really has a lot of love of animals. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, did working on The Girl Who Believes in Miracles affect you or have an impact on you as you were, you know, learning it, doing it, executing it? You mentioned the... the you know, the main character as far as uh, uh, comparing to your own child since you're a mom, too, and you resonated with that. Um, but and just overall, did, how, did it, how did it impact you, or either in your preparation for it or as it unfolded? Um, you know, I, I, I just remember really, really enjoying the experience of shooting it. I loved working with everyone on it as love getting to know Austin. I love getting to know Peter Coyote. Um, you know, he's such a fascinating cat. He wrote a book that he gave to me called The Rain Man's Third Cure. Um, and uh, I think, you know, I, I think everything I, does, I do stays with me. You know, I think as I grow older, my faith becomes more and more central to my life. Um, I would have, I would love at some point to play the character that is the one who sees God, like the the one who has the unshakable faith rather than the doubter. Yeah. Because I always, as a teenager, I was like obsessed with people who actually could hear God or see God. And there was a point at which I was um, offered, and I was going to play the role of Joan of Arc in this massive production um, that was going to be directed. Uh, by Ron Maxwell, who did Gods and Generals, and um, uh, Gettysburg. And it was a really incredible, incredible script, and the most amazing role. And halfway through pre-production, the rest of their money fell out, and at the same time, there were two competing other Joan of Arc projects, and our our costume department moved on to the Luke Besson movie, like, you know... uh, that Joan of Arc got to wear the costumes that were designed for my character. <laughs> wow. And I, and I got not being able to play that character, which would have been, I think, one of the most incredible experiences. So um, I still hope that at some point I can play someone who has those kind of direct religious experiences because I think that would be truly extraordinary. And I don't know if Austin, I don't know how it affected her. I'd really like to hear how it affected her. Um, but... You know, overall, I'm really, I'm really happy to have been a part of this. I'm grateful to be a part of something that perhaps will move people and and help them open their hearts back up after what has been a really long winter. Mira Sorvino, thank you so much for taking time. Uh, congratulations on the film, and thank you for doing it, for being part of it. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye bye. Bye. All right, that's actress uh, Mira Sorvino. And as we come down the home stretch, uh, she plays Bonnie Hopkins, the mother of the child, Sarah, in The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. 
which comes out this Friday. Also had Peter Coyote on earlier in the hour. He co-stars in the film, too. If you heard him, his take on the film, very different than Mira's. Peter actually said he's a Zen Buddhist priest and talked about faith in more general terms, how it's important to have some sort of faith in your doctors or family. It doesn't really matter what you believe, but that you believe in something. Mira, touching on a nerve there, if you're listening, I think really insightful about the need that we have deep down that each person on the planet has the desire and need to know God. This program, if you've listened any length of time, based on John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Because of that, this program is designed to provide opportunities for conversations like the one we, both of the ones we had today, with people wherever they're coming from, to get to know where they're coming from, what they think, while also hopefully pointing them to the Lord as it's possible to do so. As he says in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so uh, we appreciate your prayers as we have these kinds of conversations. Want to be clear, we really believe Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. There aren't multiple options, but we can have these conversations and hopefully, again, have them be meaningful and, and ultimately point to Christ as the Savior. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.